Welcome to the Ignite Movements Podcast, where we're helping leaders think beyond a one ministry mindset to a multiplication mindset. And along the way, we've talked about on the podcast this idea that multiplication needs to be happening at every single level in the organization. So that means that every member should be multiplying their faith with somebody else, that we should be multiplying churches. But along the way, part of the strategy of multiplication might be that you need to multiply services at your various locations that you have more than one service at your various locations. When you're planting churches, space is at a premium, right? Trying to find a place that's that's large enough to meet in, but not too large, is, it's a big issue. You might be able to find a place where you can maybe get 300 people in, uh, so maybe even less, and that's not a bad thing, right? Because when you get started, if somebody was to hand you a 500-seat auditorium and you settle in at, say, 150 people, and that might even include kids, that's going to look really bad in a 500-seat auditorium. And there's only so much things you can do to curtain things off and, and, and that kind of thing. But if you have a 300 seat auditorium or a little bit less, you got 150 people, that's, you know, every few seats, uh, you know, every other seat or so is, is maybe open, but overall it looks pretty good in the room. Like you can work with that. You can go forward with that, right? But then when you begin to fill that up, what do you do at that point? Now, it, it all depends on what your strategy is, right? Some churches would say, okay, if we get to 250 in a 300 seat auditorium, we're going to send 25 people out to start a church. And we're, and we'll just you know work to replace those twenty five people, and we'll just keep doing that. We'll just do that over and over and over and over again. Uh, and that's that's a great strategy. But if if you know if that's not your strategy, you you may need to go to two services. And there are actually some huge advantages to going to two services. And so I'd like to kind of plow through those. In fact, a lot of people recommend that you go to two services as soon as possible. So let's talk about some of the advantages, and then we'll talk about some of the things that you really need to pay attention to and and work on in order to go to two services. So some of the advantages of being at two services is, first of all, volunteers. This allows your volunteers to serve one and sit one. When you only have one service, they serve that day, they miss the service. Uh, so this gives them the opportunity, if they if they want to, they could never miss a service for serving, right? And that's what you're asking, that's what you're pushing, constantly promoting that. Listen, we don't want you to be serving and then, and then not going uh, to the service that day. So we want you to serve one and sit one. And uh, they may actually be able to serve more often, and that is something that is incredible. It very well could be, and this is a little bit of a stretch, that you could go to two services with the same amount of volunteers you have right now. Here's how you do that. If right now you're saying, man, I hate for people to miss uh, the service more than once a month. Well, it should be fairly easy for people when they can serve one and sit one to go to twice a month serving and they still get to come to the service. Does that make sense? So at one service, you're saying, man, if, if, if they're serving twice a month, they're missing the service half the time. Man, I hate to ask them to do that. So they're only serving once a month. But when, when you go to two services, they can always catch the service. So therefore, maybe they can serve twice a month. Now, that's a stretch. It's a little optimistic. You're definitely going to need to recruit some more volunteers. But nonetheless, it will not be as bad as you think it will. And in fact, uh, it very well could help you uh, gain volunteers because uh, somebody who, who thinks, man, I kind of hate to ever miss a service, would begin to realize I don't actually have to. 
The second thing is this, you'll have more options for attenders. Uh, you'll find that when you add an early service, which typically that's what it is, uh, you, whatever you're doing right now is probably mid-morning, you know, that kind of thing, uh, or late morning. Uh, and so you're probably adding an early service. That's going to help a lot of people who have to be at work at noon or one o'clock and, and for them to go to church and then try to catch lunch and then get to work. It's just not feasible. So a 930 service might work for them. So you, you may be able to see people added that, that have always wanted to come to your church, but they just can't because of work. And then the third thing is just stewardship of resources. If you can go from a 50-person church to a 250-person church or a 300-person church in the same building without building a bigger building, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty great, right? You're using your resources really wisely. Also, a lot, a lot more location options are open for you if you don't need a 30,000-square-foot building. Right. If, if you're saying, OK, well, at this point, we're a 500 person church, so we need a really big auditorium. We need a 750 person auditorium so that we've got future, you know, future growth opportunities. Like at that point, you're starting to talk about a big building. But if you if you're in multiple services and you're a 500 person church, you're able to look at a whole lot more options as to where you could meet and and also less expensive because here not just less expensive because it's less square footage, but the less square footage, sometimes the less the renovation costs. For instance, there are certain size buildings that a lot of times don't require sprinklers. If you if you buy a 25,000 square foot building, it doesn't have sprinklers in it. I guarantee you, you're going to have to put sprinklers in that building. You by a 5,000 square foot building, you, you, may, you may not have to do that. Uh, obviously, you have to check with your local authorities. Uh, less bathroom facilities. Uh, bathroom facilities are some of the most expensive parts of renovations, and you're required to have less bathrooms. If you're me, you can be a 500 person church, but because you do that in two or three services, you, you require less bathroom facilities. So just all around, it can be a much less expensive uh, endeavor and it able, enables you maybe as a little larger church uh, to have less expenses and, and be able to afford funding a new a new church or a new plant more quickly. So those are just some of the advantages of, of, of getting on with this idea of, yeah, let's go ahead and go to two services. Now, here's some issues that need to be addressed when you're going to multiple services. Number one, make it clear from the start. Like literally when you plant your church, talk about the fact we will be going to multiple services. And if you're looking to plant churches and we're also looking to plant churches, the, the concept that we're always going to all be together in a service, we're always going to see each other, like right away they need to understand that's not going to happen and you start casting vision for that right away. That absolutely has to get out there. They have to understand that's the mission, that's what we're all about. You have to do it. The second thing is never put uh, your one service time at a time that one of your two services will need to be at. I, if, hopefully that makes sense. So in other words, if, if, you're at one, if you're starting from scratch and you can choose any time for your one service, don't put it at 11 o'clock. Maybe don't even put it at 1045 because then when you go to two services, what you're going to want to do is you're going to say, well, let's have a 930 and 11. Well, it's only a 15-minute shift for those 1045. You know, all your whole church has been coming at 1045. So now what are they going to do? They're just going to say, well, I can come 15 minutes later. That's no big deal. But to come to come, uh, you know, an, an, an hour and a half earlier or whatever, you know, like, no, I, I can't do that. So just just make sure that there's that everybody has to really choose a new time. That's really important that everybody kind of has to choose a new time. Uh, when we first went to multiple services, 
uh, at uh, the very first time with one of our churches, we were meeting at 10 o'clock. That was our one service time was 10 o'clock. And we were looking at going to 9.30 and 11. Now, it's not a huge jump. It's an hour from 10 o'clock to 11, but it's only 30 minutes from 9.30 to 10. So, yeah, naturally, we did a survey, and everybody said, hey, I would just come 30 minutes earlier. I like coming to church at 10 and being out by 11, 15 or so. I feel like I have a, a little bit of my morning left, even before lunch, uh, and, and I like that. And so a lot of people said two to one. They said, I would just come 30 minutes earlier to the 930 service. That would be no problem. We would love that. And, and, and we were okay with that because we were like, okay, two to one, that, that puts us a little light on the 11 o'clock service, but we think we can grow the 11 o'clock service because that's the traditional time people come to church in the South. So we were good with it. But guess what happened when, when we actually went to two services? Two to one, they went to the 11 o'clock service. Why? Because when they actually started trying to get up 30 minutes earlier, get their kids out the door 30 minutes earlier, it didn't work. And they just, they, what they intended to do, they just couldn't do. And so I joked with the congregation, you all lied to us, right? But what we did was we, but, but still, those services were far enough from what we normally did right? And that's the key. They, they have to be different. Uh, and so literally, we brought in extra fancy donuts at 930. We did everything we could do to get people to come at 930. Some things worked temporarily, but in the end, we literally had to switch to 945 and 1115 to make it honestly hurt a little bit. That's kind of sad to say, but make it hurt a little bit to come to the late service because at that point, you're getting out at 1215, uh, maybe 1220, and so, yeah, like that starts to feel like, man, I, I like I'm, you know, it's 30 minutes past lunch before I get out the doors, you know. So, uh, so uh, at that point, things evened out a little bit. But it's really, really important that you think through what your service times are going to be. And at the beginning, don't put your one service time at a time that's too close to what one of your two services will have to be because everybody needs to choose a new service time. Uh, it doesn't need to be that there's one obvious choice and 75% of your church is just going to pretty much keep doing what they've been doing but just shift it 15 minutes or, or whatever. Like It needs to be everybody's choosing a new service time. Uh, the other thing is uh, time of year. When are you going to do this? Like A lot of people say, oh, let's do it at Easter. We'll have a big crowd at Easter. We'll go to two services. We'll never look back. It'll be great. I would say don't do that. Uh, and, and the reason why is because it's just too close to the summer. It's just too close to the summer. And so you're, you're getting ready to go to two services and then hit a summer slump where people are going to be like, I don't understand why we went to two services. Look how it looks in here. So you want to go to two services as far away from the summer slump as you can. So, you know, hey, go, go to two services at Easter Go back to one service for the rest of the summer and, and, and say, hey, this, this was a test run for the fall and then hit it in the fall, two services, or hit it in January with two services. Just give a good amount of distance between when you do it, uh, permanently do it, and that summer slump. Uh, the third thing is this, just prioritize the unreached over Sunday morning fellowship. From the start, or as soon as you you know can, uh, you know just make sure that the language that you use prioritizes reaching new people over just seeing everybody and being together. 
if the room is packed and worship is unbelievably powerful, it's okay to celebrate that and to be excited about that. But you might add something like, it's exciting to see what God is doing here. And I'm excited to think about what that's going to look like in two services or two or even three churches down the road. Like, just, just go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and let people know this is exciting. But what's exciting is if we can spread this. That if, if we, maybe we're not all in the room together anymore, but we're spreading this. Uh, and so never lose sight of that mission. Never let the, your church lose, lose sight of that mission. Listen, we're not worshiping Jesus if we're just talking about wanting to be together uh, when we can see that there's no room for new people in the room. We're worshiping our experience at that point. And so you're going to get challenged on this, and you've got to be prepared to give an answer. And I love one of, the, one of the main values of North Point Community Church is listen to outsiders. And that doesn't mean that outsiders tell the church what to do. Uh, you know, we take our mission, we take our cues from Jesus, right, like and from, the, from the Word of God. But we do pay attention to how, how do they feel when they walk through the door? Do they feel welcome? Do they, are, is there, are there signs that tell them where to go, or do the insiders just know where to go, so who cares if we have signs? Uh, can they find a seat? Can they find a parking space? All of those kinds of things. And if a guest walks into an auditorium and has a family of five, and all there are for seats are some scattered openings of one, two, and three seats, they're, they're going to have to break up as a family to sit in your service. They're not coming back. And so it's just very, very important to understand and to constantly keep in front of your church that, listen, our experience, like we care about that and we want it to be fantastic, but the goal is to reach people. And we will all make sacrifices to reach people. That's, that's who we are as a church. The fourth thing is secure commitments to attend each service. I kind of alluded earlier that a survey is not enough. You do a blind survey and you don't really know who these people are and what, why they're saying what they're saying. And, and they say, yeah, we'll come to these services and it looks fairly well balanced and you just run with it. No, no, you, you can't leave the balance of your services up to something random. So if you still have groups that meet on premises uh, on Sunday mornings, listen, a great way to do that. If you've got 75% of your people in groups, listen, that's 75% of your church that you can negotiate with each of those groups. Say, hey, how about your group go to this service, your group go to that service. Uh, you both have similar age groups. So what that's going to mean is that there's going to be uh, kids in both services as a result of that. And we're, you know, we'll come back to that. But, but, but just, you know, negotiate with them and say, hey, if you come here and you come here and, you know, and, 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 and we get it all sorted out that way, Guess what? You have to go to the opposite service. You go to group one time, go to the service the opposite time. Guess what? Services, 75% of your service is going to be pretty well balanced, right? And then the other 25% can shake out how, uh, however it shakes out, and that won't be a bad thing. So, uh, you know, you can also do this with, uh, with your volunteers as well. If you're really pushing serve one, sit one, then you know if this person's volunteering in this service, then they're regularly going to go to the other service. And so it's really, really important that, that, that you work through that and try to make sure and actually talk to key families and say, which service are you going to come to? Uh, and make sure that, 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 uh, that they understand that you would like them to stick with that for a year. For, for a whole year. And I would chart that out and so that it's not just you know fast and loose and, oh, well, I hope it works out. I hope it shakes out. But I would actually say this family is coming to this service. This family is coming to this service. Um, another thing that's super important is I would make sure that you've accounted for the number and the ages of children that will be coming to each service as well. So in other words, you're looking at it, you're saying, okay, this family is, is coming to this service or this family serves in this service, so they're going to come to this service. Like, what does that mean for the kids? 
Because here's what's, when we've really messed this up before, but you need to make sure you know how many kids are going to be in each service of each age. Because what you don't want is you don't want 15 preschoolers in one classroom in one hour, and in another service you have one. Then there's no way to grow that. I'm sorry. Like you're already dead in the water from the start with one preschooler sitting in a classroom. If a family visits and they need to check in a preschooler and they look in there and there's a, there's, you know, a couple leaders and one child, they're going to say, what happened to this children's ministry? What is wrong with this children's ministry? And here's what you're going to be tempted to say. You're going to be tempted to say, oh, no, no, no. We have a lot of preschoolers in the other hour. Great. If they do come back, what are they going to do? They're going to go to the other hour. Now you've just you've just increased your over over overcrowding problem that you have there. The 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 volunteer in the in the service that's struggling is going to get probably very lackadaisical about the whole thing. More than likely going to start saying, "Hey, I don't even know if I need to show up. I definitely don't need to get prepared. I only have one kid. We just kind of hang out and we talk." Um, sometimes that kid's not there and so therefore I, I don't even think I'll show up this week and and then you will have a guest show up and and your children's director is going to be explaining I'm sorry I, I don't know where the where the children's worker uh, children's volunteer is this morning so it just becomes a vicious cycle once once all the momentum is just gone out of one of the services because you started that way so just make sure you know not just the projected attendance in the auditorium but the projected uh, chi- uh, ch- uh, children's attendance that's going to be happening in the classrooms as well. The sixth thing is run a vision casting campaign. This is not just, hey, we're going to go to two services and we hope that you know that's going to reach more people. This is a great opportunity to celebrate that God is growing your church. It's an amazing opportunity to remind people of the mission and, and that there are people around them that, that they know that need to be in these seats that we're going to open up. Uh, this is an amazing opportunity for people to step in to serving that maybe thought they weren't needed. At one service, they were kind of like, ah, you know, it looks like they got everything covered. Listen, this is a rare opportunity to beg for volunteers. When do you get to do that, right? If you're a church that gets up and begs for volunteers, I mean begs, not just, hey, we hope that you'll join us, that a part of your you know, Christian walk will you know, we'll become serving others, uh, and uh, we would love for you to be a part of the team, those kind of things. But actually, listen, we, we don't have enough children's volunteers. Like, like we're, we're seven children's volunteers short. If you're constantly doing that, like what people hear is they hear you're running a mess. Like you're running, you know, like your ship is going down. That's what they hear. And nobody wants to be a part of that. It just, it just sounds like a whole loser mentality that you're standing up in, in a service and you're saying, man, we're just desperate for volunteers. But when you go to two services, guess what? Everybody knows that you need more volunteers to run two services. And you're able to say, hey, listen, look at what God is doing. We, we are so packed that, that, that you know, we, we're starting to be concerned that uh, the people that we, that we care about, that we're trying to reach, don't have seats. So we're going to two services. And our, you know, our church's value is that we're going to do anything it takes to reach our friends and neighbors. And so therefore, we're not only going to do two services, but many of you need to step up and serve because obviously, obviously, it's going to uh, free up um, uh, uh, volunteer opportunities that haven't been there before. And, and so you have an opportunity to literally beg for volunteers when you normally don't. Because everybody knows, obviously, you need volunteers. Another thing, uh, talk about running a vision casting campaign. One of our campuses uh, ran a two-for-one campaign. And what they said uh, about that is, is that uh, we're, we're asking you to make two commitments for that one person around you that, that you want to see God reach. 
And those two commitments were that you're going to serve and that you're going to bless that person, as in uh, the Ferguson's book, Bless. Uh, begin with prayer, listen, eat, serve, and share your story, right? Uh, and so we want you to invest that, like in order for that one person that you're praying for, and we want you to write, your, write that name down, and we're going to pray for that name, but we want you to serve so that the environments will be awesome uh, when your friend shows up, that you will be a part of, of making the environments here awesome and the ministries here awesome so that they, they will be overwhelmed by how they're served and how they're loved when they come. But we also want you to personally invest in that person as we lead up to two services as well. And it had two meanings, the two, two for one, not only the two commitments for that one person, but two services for that one person as well. We're going to two services for that one person that you want to see God reach. So the seventh thing, the last thing is just raise up leaders. And we have a whole podcast on leadership pipeline stuff, but, but, but you've got to get started right away on developing leaders. Uh, you're going to need them for multiple services or for multiple campuses or multiple churches that you're going to start. Um, but as you get closer to launching two services, start taking the people who are going to be doing that new role in that, in that new service and have them just shadow and just constantly be with the person who's already doing that role so they can see it so they can understand the culture, so that both services will be running exactly the same. Don't just sign people up and throw them into it. This is a great time to refocus the whole quality of what you're doing and making sure everybody's on the same page. It's a great time to retrain everyone. This needs to be a major area of your effort and your planning as you go into two services. So those are just a few of the of the tips uh, and things that you need to be addressing and looking at. There's a lot more, there's a lot of busy work that goes into making that transition, whether it's separating people out in your church software or you know just new rosters for kids classrooms all kinds of things that have to have to be done uh, more you know, obviously background checks on new volunteers all kinds of things that have to be done but th those are some big picture things and we would love to see your questions we'd love to see your comments about issues that you've dealt with when it comes to going to two services uh, but make sure you like subscribe and share if you enjoy the content and thank you so much for listening